1: All oh, things <laughs> marketing. Oh, yeah. Hey,
0: Kat. Hey, Danya. <laughs> How's it going?
1: It's going great. We're talking and- about business
0: part three, a little marketing action. Uh huh.
1: I know. I'm pretty excited. I like marketing, but boy, it's like an elusive animal, isn't it? You know, it's hard to find exactly how to reach your people sometimes.
0: Well, and it's always kind of this changing circle, too, because I mean, just in the seven years that we've, you know, had business, our email marketing has changed. Our, you know, the look of our Facebook has changed, right? And the growth in Instagram is different and social media is changing all around us. So marketing has to change. We don't get to just say, oh, well, we're going to go back to the good old grassroots of sending a letter via mail. We don't do that anymore or postcard advertisements. Remember the first... First week I was in business, I put out this really big postcard advertisement, and I chose the addresses around that I was uh-huh. going to have these postcards go to. Yep. Postcards? I did that too. Nobody does postcards.
1: <laughs> no. Well, now when I get my mail, I go flip, 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 you know, and I don't even look to see what the business is. I just immediately throw it in the recycle bin. Yeah, I don't even get them anymore. So you know, we do have quite a big demographic that still reads the paper, the news. And our local newspaper has the digital and the paper version. So we get a lot of stuff from the newspaper. And I know a lot of people feel like it's a dinosaur and they don't really use that, but we get a lot.
0: From yeah. the newspaper. I mean, and that's kind of the thing is the best way for you to determine what your marketing should be is to ask your students when they come in the door. It should be a question on your waiver. How did you hear about us? Right. How did you hear about us? Because that's going to tell you how to keep communicating to people.
1: Most everyone
0: finds us on Google or uh, word of mouth. Word of mouth is a yeah. huge one. Yeah, a and yeah. so that's a real important piece to marketing is Since word of mouth is such a big deal, you ought to have a referral program. Mm -hmm. Bring in a new student, you get a class. Yep, absolutely. But you know, when it
1: comes to marketing, one thing you have to do is streamline your focus to your to find your best customer because if you take this giant net and you throw it out there trying to capture every single little fish you know your customer is going to slip through so that's a big component of marketing is deciding who is your ideal customer and wh- what does that look like what where is that
0: person you know and that and the- comes out of your business plan doing mm-hmm. the demographics of your business plan is the first part of your homework before starting your marketing
1: yeah and then you know when you find your guest best customer you can decide what kind of a incentive like you were just mentioning what kind of incentive would appeal to them so they would bring more of their like friends in with them. right? Well, and
0: that's just it. Like, right. If this is your best customer, then we want to know how it is they heard about us so that we Mm -hmm. can make sure that we're talking to other best customers in the same fashion.
1: Right. Absolutely. And
0: consistency is key. Consistency is key. I think one of the things you're going to mention, and it might be important for us to do this now is to hone in on what it is that you're going to be marketing. So that you're not marketing so many things that it's like this catalog that's 200 pages and only you have, say, 400 customers. So each customer is only doing one thing twice. Like that's not good enough, right? For your numbers, that's not going to make you money. So instead, choose the top 10 winners, right? Uh Or choose the top two things that make you money and really, really focus on those two things really trying to hone in first of all on on who you're marketing to and what it is you're going to market are you marketing your sales are you marketing your workshops are you going to do a daily market that is simply you know feel good stuff be careful though with daily marketing because daily marketing can inundate people and they may start to ignore They may unsubscribe. So be careful about over-marketing too. You think about some of the things you get in your junk emails. The things you get every morning at six o'clock or twice a day that you're like, click, delete, click, delete, click, delete. You don't even look at them anymore. So be careful that you're not over-marketing too. There's that sweet spot.
1: Well, and it's not a problem to over-market too much though if we're talking Instagram or Facebook, you know, but email marketing, 100% agree, 100%. And when it comes to your email marketing, that's something I have been very inconsistent on lately. I've been sending out one email email a month that's really that for my demographic that's kind of the sweet spot when I used to send out two a month I started getting tons of people to unsubscribe one a month they don't unsubscribe but you know I I need to pick you know the first day of the month or the last day probably the last day of the month and make that a habit that every single and you know last day of the month I have an email going out and that's another big component of marketing is being
0: consistent
1: and timing when you do things
0: for us in our marketing marketing world, we probably market 10 to 14 emails a month. It's never more than every other day, but it is because we market our special events, we market our teacher training, we market our sales. And although at the beginning of the month, we'll do a monthly email that has all of those components, we send out reminder emails over the course of the month in case people are like, They saw that monthly email and then didn't remember, oh crap, the sale. And so then we put out a, the sale starts tomorrow email. And then, you know, a day before it's done, we say last chance, sale ends tomorrow, you know, kind of thing. So sending out those reminders.
1: Well, and I guess I do send out reminders when I have special events or when I have a workshop or something like that coming out, I generally probably will do two or three of those, but just a big studio email, I only do one.
0: Yeah, we do a monthly one. Awesome.
1: Yeah. When I- Right now, there's so many places you can be on social media to market. So we've already talked about newspapers. We've talked about postcards. In fact, I really would love to know if anyone still uses postcard advertising in the fitness business.
0: In the fitness business, I'm gonna probably say that's no. In you know landscaping and or house, you know, no. you know siding and windows. Yeah, we still see the you know cards mm-hmm. come through or you know, but. I don't think I can recall seeing a gym postcard. Well, now, have you done Facebook and Google ads? We do Facebook ads. Depends on what the event is. If it is like a special event that we have a guest teacher coming in for, we'll do a Facebook ad. And that's part of the budget that I have in my advertising is doing that sort of just that boost, the Facebook boost or whatever it is. We don't do it a ton, but we do do it occasionally. Do I feel like I've ever seen a direct? Profitability from it, maybe not so much, but it might just be that somebody who hadn't clicked or liked us for a while isn't seeing us on their feed. And by paying for the boost, we come back to the top of their feed and then maybe they like it and see us again the next day, kind of thing. So there is some some good with the algorithms of Facebook that says it's worth it to do the boosting because it's gonna scroll back to the top of people's feeds. Mm -hmm. So In that case, it might be worth it. I don't think I've ever had somebody come in and say, Hey, I am here because that paid ad you did the other day. You know, like I don't feel like I've ever gotten that commentary, but I do know that, you know, based on maybe number of likes, like say that we posted on Tuesday and we had. I don't know, say 200 likes, but then on Wednesday, we put something out for a special event and we put a boost on it, then maybe we got 300 likes. So if you're basing it on your like structure, there clearly was a larger amount of people that saw it off of that Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So
1: it's definitely worth a try. And Google ads, you have tried those or you have not?
0: I have not done Google ads and I did not do Yelp. I know there are a lot of people out there who have done Yelp. I did not do Yelp. At the time Yelp came at me, their rep, did not impress me. And I'm sorry if any of you listeners are Yelp lovers or an employee of Yelp, but she was awful. And I won't take that kind of sales off of people. Didn't matter what she was going to try and sell me or if she was going to give it to me for 99% off because she was just so awful. And that has left a awful taste in my mouth. And so if You know, somebody who works for Yelp, tell them to call me and make sure they're nice because I won't listen otherwise. (laughs) I'm sorry, but I run an operation on trying to be kind and I'm not going to work with somebody who is just being awful. Like it's just not my world. So I'm not a Yelper. We do have our, you know, our Google, our feeds so that we're always at the top of the feed. Like we've gone through with Google and done all of those. That wasn't my jam. I I... I have someone who is, you know, a website guru and I had them do all of those feeds so that we scroll up to the top when people search yoga, search hot yoga, search exercise, you know, wellness, all those words pop us up to the top.
1: Well, the other thing that is a good way to get your message out there is content marketing. And, And within that blogging, you know, blogging is a great way to become an expert in your field. I blog on my Kathleen Khan website and occasionally I'll throw in yoga and we are I've got my website uh, designer working on linking my personal page to the CatFit yoga page. And so then I'll kind of flip back and forth doing a little bit of both on that. So, you know, that's if you use the right tags when search engines, when someone's searching for can you lose weight doing yoga or what is hot yoga? You know, if you use the right kind of tags, then that can drive business to you. And if you're if you enjoy writing, then that's kind of a match made in heaven for you to be able to blog.
0: So it's great that you bring up the whole matching your Web page with the content of what you're doing in in your your blogs and such. But it's also really important that you match your Web page with what you're putting out in your marketing, Mm -hmm. because. The minute people see something that they like on Facebook, they're gonna go Google your site. And if they go Google your site and they're like, oh, well, they were just talking about a sale, but I don't see the sale anywhere on their webpage. What the fuck were they talking about, right? right? So it's got to be consistency. So when I sit down and do my marketing, I always have my five point rule. Like if I'm going to put out an email, my email is going to be the same thing that's going to read on my web page. It's going to be the same thing that's going to read on my Facebook. It's going to be the same thing that's going to read in any of the advertising that I pay for. And then I'm also going to make signs and I hang the signs in the studio that people can see so that if they're not, you know, my 70 some year old clients who aren't Facebook users still get the same message and they're seeing that message. But it's consistency, 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 so that no matter where they look, they see it. So if you are really working on building a really comprehensive website, your website should have classes, it should have workshops, it should have a tab for sales, It should have, you know what I'm saying? So that Mm -hmm. if you're advertising a special event, they can go right to your webpage, click on special events, and whoop, up pops Tanya's picture Mm because she's here to do Reiki this week or whatever it is, right? So that it's consistent across the board, Mm -hmm. no matter where they are looking, they're going to see the same message. Right, right. Yeah, that's awesome. And let's see. So we've already touched on Facebook
1: a little bit. Um, And you, you do a lot of Facebook and Instagram marketing, just like I do. You know, you can find tools like Canva to create your graphics to put on there. And Canva, I have fun with Canva a lot. I get in there. In fact, I need to see if I can resurrect that T. Lizzie and Kat Kahn superhero picture (laughs) and use that for something because I do have a lot of fun playing on Canva. Um, Yeah, It's a great way to make your ads and your posts if you don't feel like you are an expert at creating those.
0: Right. Well, I mean, it's absolutely true. Like, I mean, I'm not going to lay claim to what my Facebook looks like because I am not the, I'm not the master behind that. The master behind that is one of my teachers and she does an amazing job. And without her, it would not be the same like at all. But what I love about the consistency and like you say, using graphics, because you have to be careful, just like you can't play music in your studio without a music license. You also can't take pictures off of Google without making sure you got licensing rights on them. So you got to make sure that whatever you're using is usable for marketing, that you're not taking someone's photo away from them and taking their photo credits from them. So be mindful as you're doing your advertising that you're following proper mm-hmm. copyright rules and such. Yeah. So using programs like Canva, Pixabay, there's a ton of them out there. Find which one fits it's for you. Yeah. There's a ton of them out there. Yeah.
1: And we do pay for the pro version of Canva because you can get so many more pictures, but they have the free version that is, especially if you're just starting out or you don't do a or you don't want to experiment a lot and you just want to get the basics out there, the free versions, all you really need to get started. Also, what about LinkedIn? Um, I used LinkedIn a lot when I work for a knowledge management company, but I don't use it as much. Uh, Every once in a while, I'll post something on LinkedIn, but I might as well not because I don't have a real strong focus on what message I want to get out on LinkedIn. So that's the main thing. If you find what social media passionate about and you love, then be very, very focused there and be very aware there. And it may be different, you know, trying to find, you know, where you want to be very focused for your, a blog or for your yoga studio, for a podcast or for whatever, they may all be different. And so you have to kind of play with different ones and find out where, what works for you and which one you love doing, and then do that one. So LinkedIn for me, I want to love it, but I can't, quite figure out what message I want to put out on LinkedIn. So I'm very, very inconsistent on that.
0: I would agree with you on LinkedIn. I would love to, you know, move into a space where I could promote it via LinkedIn. But right now, you know, wearing my engineering hat and my yoga hat, my LinkedIn is for my engineering world. Mm -hmm. There may come a time where that will move away from that. And then I would be able to promote LinkedIn more, but I don't. This point.
1: Well, and I think too, when you get on LinkedIn, because I have been looking more at, you know, because because you know, we're cancer survivors. I've been following more breast cancer people or speakers and people that have that kind of a focus just to kind of play around. So, you know, you may want to take, if you've got kind of a niche that you want to work in with special workshops. So I want to do some cancer survivor workshops or cancer patient or caregiver workshops. So on LinkedIn, I may make that more my focus.
0: Yeah, 100%, 100%, especially if you're going to be using this as your like online classes and online workshops because LinkedIn has such a huge global reach. Whereas, you know, most of the stuff we're doing on Facebook, once the customers of ours have liked our studio page, there are more our locals. We maybe have a few people who are out of town that are liking our messages and that's really great. But it's not, it's not, they're more likely to be the ones that are going to step foot in the door. Whereas the people that you know on LinkedIn are going to be people who are going to turn on their computer to tune into you, they're not going to be the ones who are more likely to be showing up at your studio. Exactly. Yeah. So LinkedIn has an absolute, I mean, it's great for businesses, maybe not so much for the yoga world right now, or at least what I'm doing with my yoga studio, but there is definitely a time and a place for LinkedIn. I've made some very, very powerful relationships on on LinkedIn. I agree. (laughs) I concur. I concur. Great. So there's one one more thing I wanted to bring up when it comes to email marketing, and this is a couple of the things that I kind of learned about through some really great sort of marketing Zoom things I did during COVID. Because you know you're stuck and your business is you know sucking wind, and you're like, what the hell am I going to do? And so I learned some really cool tools for sort of mass email marketing. And again, consistency is key. So build yourself a template. And with that template, have your heading that's going to be the same, always the same, and then build your bodies from there. And then at the bottom, be mindful about what they call call to action buttons. And on your webpage, if you're wise, you'll have call to action buttons on the very first page. And they're going to be pretty close to the top. Get to our classes, buy a package, teacher training, question mark, right? And click on those buttons and it takes you immediately to either the checkout or information about teacher training, but those call to action buttons are really, really important. And those call to action buttons in emails are going to actually get you people double clicking on your emails. So even if they click to read, they may just flip through and you know, people with their fingers on their phone, they're just whipping through, they're not actually reading it. But if there's a bright blue button or there is a cute little picture that's a button and they're like, whoa, what's this button? And they click on it, bingo. You now just have drawn somebody in and they're more like, bye. Call to action buttons are a big deal. On your page, and it's not just, hey, here's the sale, and mm-hmm. here's the button to buy the sale. But at the bottom, in every email, have call to action buttons, teacher training program, sales, whatever it is. Like mine ha- now has, I think, four or five other services. Want Reiki, question mark, with a button, right? Mm-hmm. So even if the email is about, I don't know, Suzy's workshop on Friday night, at the bottom of the email, somebody might be like, oh, well, I'm not ready for that. But then they see the Reiki button and they're like, oh, yeah, I wanted to go to Reiki. Click on the button, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's a very good point, because a lot of people, I think, don't put the call to actions. So you have to tell people what you want them to do, because if you send out this beautiful email about, you know, yoga retreat in Belize, but you don't have a button that says, want to go? Yeah.
0: And and make it a fun button. It doesn't just have to be "buy now. Yeah, Just make it a fun button. Did you know you needed Reiki? And they're like, no. Or... Did you know you dreamt about going to Belize? You know, whatever it is, like make it a fun button. It doesn't just have to be purchase now. Right, exactly. Yeah. So so use that email. Use that email. I work on, uh, when I was talking about those sort of those five steps, that I do for any sort of marketing that I'm going to do, I incorporate into those five steps that I'm, you know, if I have a calendar that I lay in front of me for the month of say August, then I have on there, like, okay, the first is an email, the third's going to be a Facebook ad, the fifth is going to be an Instagram ad, the sixth, right? Like, so I have it specified before I even start my planning. Mm -hmm. And I do it based on when's the sale, when the event. And I want to make sure that I have people's eyes on it at least once a week or as many weeks ahead as possible. Four is usually good, mm-hmm. especially if it's a special event or if it's more than a hundred dollars. People can't generally make those decisions just, oh yeah, I'm going to do that tomorrow. Like Mm -hmm. you have to give them some time to digest it, some time for them to find out, oh yeah, I can make that event work and I'm willing to spend that much money on it. Right. Yep. Very, very true. Do you have like a chalkboard or a whiteboard or a sign at your studio? We. I mean, I kind of already know the answer, but I'm just letting you tell our our listeners. Well, we have
1: an easel and this is the place where we put any of the specials right now we just have you know we do regularly um, showcase our teachers and just have their pictures on the easel but we do try to keep whatever specials going on Uh, we have a sandwich board that sometimes sits outside if we have something going on we want to make sure people are aware of and sign up for so but yeah we do have a big old whiteboard that we use sometimes too
0: so we got all kinds of stuff we have we have chalkboards on the entry and in the entry we have you know always our intro offer we have them done as four boards so they're like two by three boards and they hang on the wall. One of them's like, welcome to Aussie Yoga. The next one is like new student. It's a $10 intro week, right? Seven days unlimited yoga or whatever it is. And then it's got like our Instagram handle and our Facebook handle so that people can like already look at that. But then we have two blank chalkboards that we always rotate. So if we're doing a special event, we advertise the special event. Like, hey, did you know that... we're having a sound bath on this date, cost is this many dollars or whatever it is, time. Mm -hmm. Then the second board is like our rotating sales. So it's like August sale or monthly sale. And then we just fill in whatever the monthly sale is. So it's always right there. And if you and I are the distance of what a student would be to a teacher when they're checking into class, than the lovely artwork you have on the wall behind you in all of your certifications and your accreditations are on the wall behind you the beauty of it is is that's the distance of the chalkboard for our students so as they're having a conversation with you they see the word sale and they're like oh hey i didn't know you had a sale going on hey can you tell me how many classes i have left right now because if i only have like less than 5 i'm going to probably buy that sale because it's right there for them to see it's in the same line of sight yeah so i'm yeah. talking to you i'm checking in and i see the sign right behind you that's brilliant yeah,
1: Brilliant. I love that. I love that so much.
0: So the rule of marketing when it comes to signs is every 15 to 18 feet. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because people don't see right away. Mm -hmm. Then they see the next one and they're like, oh, that's a sale. And then they see the next one and they're like, I'm going to read what it says. But usually it almost takes three times before they're actually going to notice it. Well, and another thing about things like that
1: is one thing that's real frustrating for me is when I go into a place of business and they're having a special and it's all written out on eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper. And there's so much type. You don't know what, the heck they're selling, what the deal is, what the special is. So people like bullet points, give them bullet points and make it very, you know, to the point. They don't need all the extra flourish. They, when they ask about the special, then you can give them a little more details, but be very specific and keep the text down because you've got about three to five seconds for each person to, to catch their attention. And if you don't catch their attention in that three to five seconds, they're moving on.
0: And anything more than that is going to deter them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: Literally deter them. So we have, they're just on little hooks, right? And so they're adjustable. So like, this is my team of teachers and there's the signs right behind them.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. So always, always, always in their line of sight and keep it close in their line of sight. Absolutely. So, in our studio, another fun thing we do is we have a bulletin board in the bathroom because mm-hmm. where do people read? Exactly. In the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So, it's right where they sit down and they either look at the sink, the toilet, or the sign, and they're going to read the sign because they're doing their business.
1: Yeah, down. We keep our bathroom blank, very clean. So, that would be perfect because, you know, that's what they do. They're sitting in there. They don't have anything else to do. Might as well read. Right,
0: right. So we just have little tacks. I just have a row of tacks on the side and we hang our monthly sign in there. We hang our special events sign in there. So when I am doing my marketing, one of the five steps is build a paper sign and I print out six or seven copies of them and I stick three in the bathroom. I stick one by the front door and then there's one on each of the doors to the yoga room so that mm-hmm. people can read them as they go into the yoga room and they're like oh I didn't know that was coming up I gotta sign up for that (laughs) I didn't see the other four times (laughs) exactly I
1: walked right by it (laughs) or
0: while I was peeing I was totally ignoring it (laughs) that's awesome so some of the other
1: we've blabbed for quite a while now already but some of the other things that people may use for marketing are YouTube TikTok is huge right now Pinterest, sending out surveys. You know, you survey monkey, you can get a lot. Survey
0: monkey, that's a big thing, especially when you've done a special event and it seems like you had a great turnout Mm-hmm. Doing a survey monkey afterwards to be like, hey, we would like some feedback on this event. Did you like it? How was it priced? Would you? What would you pay? Would you bring a friend? Would you come again? You know, kind of thing. Because that's how you're going to decipher, dude, this was the jam. And this is what we should really be driving our marketing towards.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So do you have any suggestions for books for
1: our listeners? <laughs>
0: Everything I really think that I've learned from marketing, I learned off of, you know, doing little Zoom seminars and stuff. There are some really great ones. There's a gal named Lisa... Kuker, L-I-S-A-K-E-U-K-E-R, I think. I did some of her uh, marketing and man, I feel like I was writing the biggest journal after she was done. Cause I was like, dude, that was flipping brilliant. Why hadn't I, th- I ever thought of that? Like, I don't think that I have any books per se. I have a couple business books, but marketing changes so much right now that books aren't changing as fast as the marketing needs are. I bought
1: this social media marketing workbook by Jason McDonald, and it was printed this year, 2021, and I think he does a new one each year. He's a professor of marketing at one of the California universities, and this has got such great stuff. It's very overwhelming because it's a huge book, but it's got a lot of great stuff in it. Cool. But I wouldn't buy it in 2022 if you're going to buy it. <laughs>
0: Wait until the next edition comes out, folks. You're too late now. (laughs) Exactly. And that's something else just to throw out before we call it a day for today. But marketing is really something that you're not just thinking about for today, tomorrow, or this next weekend. If, folks, I'm sorry, it is August. But if you are not thinking about Christmas sales and Black Friday sales, then you are not thinking about your business and proper marketing. Mm -hmm. Like, get your shit straight. (laughs) (laughs) You need to be planning your marketing 90 days in advance. If you don't want it to be overwhelming, if you don't mind stressing out every month, then do it each month. But I promise you, if you figure out how to get your stuff in line so that you are already three months in advance, then when that month comes down the pike, you've got a system in place. It's just a matter of changing a few texts and a few fonts and send it to print. Right. The homework's done for you. Create those templates. Be wise about how you do your advertising and plan ahead.
1: Mm-hmm. There's a lot of calendars that are like 90-day focus calendars that you can use for stuff like that if you, if you are an office supply junkie like I am. Which, of course, we are. Of <laughs>
0: course. <laughs> of course, we are. Wine junkies, book junkies, office supply junkies, we're all of it. Perfect. I'm Kat Kahn. And I am Tanya Rice. And this is Two Pittas. On a pod signing off.
1: Thank you for listening to Two Pittas on a pod. We're grateful you joined us. Join us again for more musings of a couple of yogis.
0: We hope you learned, laughed, and enjoyed this podcast, and we hope you will share your comments or questions.
1: Email us at two on a pod at gmail.com
0: and like us on Facebook and Instagram at two pittas on a pod.